Welcome to Therapy for Nerds, the show where licensed mental health professionals use their favorite topics like TV, books, games, and movies to provide psychoeducation on mental health. Please note, this is not meant to be a replacement for mental health treatment or services. Welcome to Therapy for Nerds. Mm -hmm. I'm Cassidy Russell with... And I... Oh, and I'm Abby Ronquillo. <laughs> and we are out of practice, yes. but that is okay. <laughs> yeah it's good to be back um so thank you everyone who uh, was part of this at the beginning of the pandemic mid-pandemic and is continuing to listen to us ramble on about nerdy things and therapy mm -hmm. psychoeducation through nerdy topics abby that, that's what we do here <laughs> <laughs> great so we do have a topic for you today um something that cassie had stumbled upon actually in a couple of articles so it does sound like this is something that a lot of people are discussing yeah it's something honestly my sister sent me like a picture text of an article she didn't even send me the article so i'm, I'm calling you out right now sis like <laughs> what the heck <laughs> you couldn't send me the article but whatever so i found multiple articles on the same topic which is that millennials are one of the largest demographics that are buying toys and not for their children but for themselves. Mm. Yes. And just to clarify, because I think there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of arguing about what a millennial is. And I think I've like pinned it down or I've heard people pin it down ending in 1995 and starting somewhere in the 1980s. Does that sound pretty accurate to you? Of Yeah. Anyone that can remember the turn of the millennial, like who's, old enough to like really remember y2k i think we we got you like you're you're a millennial <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah definitely so so i don't know I, I guess i'll just start with asking you cassie like were you surprised by the article or what do you think your sister's intention was when she sent it to you uh i think the one the article she had found was very anti-millennial like saying how childish uh, millennials are for buying toys and how dare they um, even though this is like the one market that we're apparently not killing it's the one market <laughs> we're keeping live so like, right they they killed, really bash us for everything else <laughs> we've killed every other market but how dare we keep the toy industry going uh, <laughs> oh gosh so, yeah so she was like Come on, like we gotta gotta speak out against this injustice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, it resonates with me. I I'm definitely, I guess, guilty. I don't even feel guilty because it's not something I feel bad about. I'm definitely a consumer of toys, um, in all varieties, right? So when we talk about board games, video games, um, collectible figures, like I kind of, oh, even like plushes, I guess could be considered toys as well. I kind of co cover all bases in regards to those kinds of things. Oh, are you I, a connoisseur I, as well <laughs> oh for sure and now I, I have like I now I have an excuse of like oh yeah this this is from my kid totally <laughs> um he's definitely not old enough for most toys yet yeah um still chewing on literally everything so we have to buy toys that like probably feel good to chew on and hopefully <laughs> won't break up off and choke him um, <laughs> But yeah, like I, I have multiple plushies and some of them are gifts. Like I, I got 
a jigglypuff from a client um I got a Vulpix from my sister for Christmas or something um and then yeah I I don't think I buy too many figurines just because I don't have the space for it and I don't like figuring out what to do with Mm them um but I I mean I buy like children's (laughs) like rated e video games I'm playing the latest Pokemon so I don't know if that counts towards the thing Mm -hmm. but it's yeah especially with like absolutely no I think it counts I'm gonna I'm gonna say it counts um I don't know if the articles were kind of keeping that in mind um but I definitely think that it's a game it's made you know for entertainment it's made for children for the most part Pokemon is a game for children and I think a lot of people in like the competitive Pokemon scene really forget that Uh, especially because like there is a meta game that is so insane like I I don't understand it my sisters tried to explain it to me and it's like if a move doesn't do damage my six-year-old self is telling me to delete it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Um, anything above like type advantages I'm just but it but there's still like not but it's still a video game right Mm -hmm. so a lot of video games are kind of get this free pass to where people don't view it as for kids especially because Mm -hmm. it's something that you need the funds to get Mm -hmm. because you need to have the money to get a switch yeah right you need to have another 60 dollars on top of that to get the new pokemon game and you're not Mm going to get that for like used anywhere else that's going to be any less than yeah, less. 60 dollars because pokemon yeah. games hold their value for an insanely yeah. long time but so so i guess this might be a little bit of a tangent but you know talking about the the pokemon franchise in general right and like going back to the articles about millennials purchasing games and like toys and i think that pokemon or nintendo was really smart because pokemon although they have made several games throughout you know, the past 25 plus years, they have been able to reach different demographics. So, you know, like you said, like a six-year-old could play the new Pokemon game and maybe your sister could play the same game and have different strategies about the way that they would play it, Um, which makes, especially millennials now, most of the, or not most, but a lot of millennials are parents or um, have children in their lives and want to pass down like this, this game or have something relevant to talk to their children about and it becomes like a way of bonding or a way of like connecting and also along with that comes you know merchandise sometimes clothing yeah you know (laughs) I think we talked about this on a previous episode but like I'm just so envious as an adult like that these kids get these cool shirts and jackets and backpacks of like all these games and animes that I wish I had merchandise for back then and like it didn't exist so so I think that's part of it right like maybe parents also buy they might buy the game for their children or like they might buy toys for their kids but then they get back into it because it reminds them of their childhood and and how they like used to play whatever game yeah that's really true like I think um in the the news clip that I sent you when talking about one of the um people that they talked to was like a slime kind of a putty company maker and he said that he 
originally like parents were buying it for their kids, but then the parents would start playing with it Mm -hmm. because it's just entertaining and it's a fidget. Like I'm fidgeting with this pen right now because I can't Mm -hmm. literally can never have something not in my hand. (laughs) That's a double negative, but you know what I mean? Like I, I need a fidget. I need to be doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I need to have that constant kind of thing going for me. Um, and so it just makes sense. And like a lot of adults don't understand that's what they're seeking, Mm -hmm. but it's still helpful to have. And then there's things like Lego who have very complicated designs. Like they have children's designs, but Mm -hmm. then they also are obviously seeking out adults because they have very complicated designs of very big franchises, like the very right. intricate Star Wars designs that they have. Um, I've seen like their flower designs are really popular, mm-hmm. uh, especially with adults, and they're, they're pretty. Yeah, yeah. Lego is also a very smart uh, franchise because they have, you know, they have their subset of like uh, Lego ideas. Um, where they get ideas from from people like that like to build Legos um, and then they somehow magically obtain the license for it and then create the product um, which is really cool so yeah in the past couple of years they've you know partnered with Friends, Seinfeld, uh, Sesame Street, a lot of TV shows actually um, which has been interesting and you bring up a good point because a lot of these toys are are um, they're geared towards adults like I'm thinking when you talk about people that have a lot of licenses I think about Funko and like even though Funko Pops are you know could be played with by children most of them are meant to not meant to but are collectibles like things that stay in the box mm-hmm. or stay on a shelf um, and you know most adults would be the people that do that <laughs> yeah yeah like I've seen a lot of people with like Funko Pops and decorations in their offices and that kind of stuff yeah Uh, but kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about like the putty and like sensory things and I think that even if you don't have a child or you don't have a child in your life Mm -hmm. toys can bring a sense of nostalgia or like a very innocent time of your life Um, and you know a lot of people say like the perspective of a child is you know something that can't be taken away or like the naivety of a child is something that a lot of people desire in their lives, especially when you're always stressed or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so much going on in the media and the news, um, a lot of negativity that um, can kind of overwhelm people. So I think that toys can also bring that kind of sense, that sense of support or like warmth, Mm -hmm. um, even if it's just on a shelf, something to look at. Yeah, there's been some evidence to show like that it can be, anxiety fighting to have things like a safe and it's basically like a safety blanket right like the pokemon franchise is a safety blanket of mine it's a comfort franchise of mine when i see something of pokemon related it uses my anxiety um and the same can be true for someone with legos or someone who wants to just play with play-doh or something like mm-hmm. i mean who doesn't just smell play-doh and instantly get taken back to their child <laughs> yeah which could be negative or positive I do remember um 
just so everyone knows uh, play-doh is non-toxic but it really doesn't taste that good no <laughs> no it smells good though yeah do you um I'm curious because you know you obviously buy toys too as an adult do you see yourself gravitating when you purchase for yourself do you see yourself gravitating towards the same things that you were interested in when you were a kid or different things mainly the things that I was interested in as a kid for sure mm -hmm. like like I I've talked about Pokemon a lot. It's it's definitely like I mentioned a comfort franchise. Um another thing that I've been getting a lot of is Star Wars stuff and like granted oh. I've been getting a lot of like baby Yoda merch. <laughs> um my child may be dressed like 90% of the time and something with baby Yoda on it he may have baby Yoda bed sheets and baby multiple baby Yoda blankets um I my husband got me a Mandalorian waffle iron for mm. for Christmas so I can make baby Yoda waffles <laughs> um and Star Wars is a franchise I also grew up with. Obviously, Baby Yoda was not a thing when I was mm -hmm. six years old. Uh, but if it if it was, then yeah, it certainly would be. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm a new mom, and so I see a baby, and I'm just like, oh, baby. But mm -hmm. I don't know. But also, again, like even though your son is you know very young, like still relating your child to the things that you're interested in, and I. And I see that too. I see a lot of parents kind of uh, adding their own sense of flavor to their children, whether that's Disney or Star Wars or whatever it is. You know, you you want your child to, I guess, like for the most part, like the things that you're interested in. Yeah, I live in fear that my child's going to be like some jock. And don't get me wrong, like I will love and support him <laughs> if he is, but like mm -hmm. he doesn't like. Yeah. And I, that is something that I I wish more parents would be open to is like learning about their child's interest and like being mm -hmm. there and like whenever I see a parent that's willing to learn about type advantages in Pokemon <laughs> and sit there and listen to a kid talk about his team uh that's that's grade a parenting right there um mm -hmm. but it's it's hard for adults to really allow themselves to play. Yeah. And it's something that I think it sounds like more millennials are embracing if they're embracing mm -hmm. toys and something it's a trend I hope continues because play is definitely a human need. Mm -hmm. It's a mammal need, right? Like we see my cat plays with his toys, right? It's, something he does to keep himself busy keep himself active and that's just what he does yeah and you know what now that I come to think about it you know the the difference or I guess in my own practice um I obviously I, I don't obviously sorry I specialize working with teens and younger adults um so most of them are like gen z or borderline millennials but I can say that you know from being a person that ingests social media a lot of millennials a lot of people our age are very open to mental health services and conversations about mental health and um which for the most part I'm just gonna make a very big general statement that generations prior to that were not as open about it and also resources were not as widely available 
you know, with social media, you can sometimes see things on TikTok and Instagram that can make you more um, aware of the education of mental health. So I, I feel like I want to make a very bold statement and say that probably the, re, you know, the allowance or the availability of toys and people ingesting toys that are millennials have to do with their openness about themselves too. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, you know, we talked about this prior to uh, starting the recording, but like a big part of it is reparenting too. You know, I think that if I look at my own background or like my own childhood, I was in no way deprived. However, my parents were immigrants and we didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, toys were not always the first thing on the list. Um, my Christmas was never like full of tree, uh, toys under the tree. Um, which wasn't a bad thing, but I do also remember at the time, you know, even on PBS, I used to watch a lot of PBS because we didn't have cable. Um, if you don't know what cable is, then your <laughs> conversation is not for you. Um, but yeah, you know, there used to be so much advertisement for toys, like mm-hmm. you could not get away from it. And anytime you would go to the store with your mom, um, there would be toys in the, the aisle going towards the cashier and like this whole you know, set up and stuff. And there was so much more money going into physical advertisements um, and people kind of promoting toys um, for children. So it was really hard to miss. I've, and the, earlier when I- the TV oh, programs, like- Exactly. Pony and Transformers are literally just made to sell toys. Yeah, that's very true. So it was kind of like, if you weren't a part of that, or if you didn't have the toys to go with it then you kind of didn't fit in almost sometimes with your friends at school um and that's why I kind of asked you that question before about like do you see yourself buying the same kind of things that are are interested in the same things as when you were younger because I've noticed with myself I tend to purchase the things that I could not purchase when I was a kid it's I don't know maybe like some kind of like self-soothing or like fulfillment uh justification for not having it as a kid but you know, reparenting, I think, is a technique that um, a lot of therapists promote, um, and there's a lot of ways to do it, and I think that probably that's one that a lot of millennials use that are purchasing these toys. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think reparenting is becoming a bigger part of the conversation, especially as, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm on, like, parenting social media, and so I see a lot of parents realizing their parents shortcoming as they are hitting the ages where like their abuse started mm-hmm. um or like they're realizing things that their parents did were not okay at the ages that their children are hitting mm-hmm. um like that's been a pretty common sentiment that i've seen so yeah. it's it's definitely a conversation that I think more people are having and it's a conversation worth having. Yeah. I guess what would your message be for millennials um, that addresses like purchasing of toys or maybe with these articles, like you said, they're kind of like bashing or kind of um, negative towards millennials. What would you have to say to them um, in regards to their hobbies or wanting to purchase these toys for themselves? If it's something that makes you happy and it's something that's not hurting anyone and something that's not going to hurt you in any way, because I know, like, I'm not going to tell you go out and buy all the toys and you become financially (laughs) devastated. Yeah. Like, but 
if it doesn't hurt you, doesn't hurt anyone else, and it's just something that brings you joy, then why not do it? Mm-hmm. There's like boomers had, there were boomer um, and like gen silent generation men who would have literal basements filled with model toys, They're like model trains Mm -hmm. what's the difference between that and legos there's really not and my cat is just deciding (laughs) he wants to poke in (laughs) that's fine let him again human nature or cat nature yes yeah Um, but you're completely true you know and i think like before we started recording that was something we discussed too like how do you even define a toy right like because there are a lot of hobbies out there that you can consider a toy a toy something that I guess just brings you joy and you play with Um, and there are a lot of things that adults use uh, like baking I would say is even something I guess technically it's a hobby but um, you play around with your food or like there's a lot of people that get very creative with it so almost anything can be a toy (laughs) Yeah, I mean, depending on it, like there's can be sensory stuff with like kneading dough if you have mm-hmm. to knead it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely decorating is a big thing with uh, people that love to bake. It's so, yeah, there's a lot of hobbies that include buying a lot of equipment because baking includes buying a lot of equipment mm-hmm. and just investing a lot of time. And yeah who says like building legos can't be Mm -hmm. a fun relaxing hobby for adults absolutely and and yeah i I acknowledge too that sometimes you're right like some people it's very unhealthy to get into places of financial deficit um, when it comes to a hobby Um, and when we talk about reparenting and purchasing these things for yourself if you're not hurting yourself or anyone else um, it could be a little gatekeepy i guess um, for people who are on lower budgets um, especially young adults who might not have as much but I think that you could still reparent yourself and allow yourself the desire for these things without actually purchasing them and also having a similar effect so kind of just acknowledging like uh I don't know like oh wow like you know that lego set's really cool that's something I would have played with when I was a kid um that would look so cool here whatever is also a really good part of just um validating yourself and your needs as a person so That's just a tip for anyone out there who's also <laughs> financially trying to, you know, be frugal, which is not a bad thing. No, and this this economy, like it's things are getting harder. Um, mm-hmm. There's thrift stores. There's like secondhand places. Mm-hmm. There's ways to fulfill your hobby that don't have to be yeah. expensive. Which, which brings up another good point because, you know, we are, you know, I guess on the tether of um, a recession or maybe we are in a recession. I can't really tell anymore. Um, but typically when um, the economy is doing really bad, entertainment and other things go up. So it might make a lot of sense. I know during the pandemic, a lot of hobbies um, were also kind of, you know, a lot of people were making bread, a lot of people yeah. were crocheting and stuff, making models. So that's something that kind of increased and then it kind of continued into, I guess, what we're in now, whatever you want to call it. Um, And that could be part of the reason why people are seeking out positive things and spending money more on happiness. Yeah, you got to 
you got to do what makes you happy. And hobbies are definitely a coping skill. And one that most therapists would encourage as long as you're safe and you're having fun, mm -hmm. like that's the main thing. Yeah. Sounds like the bottom line of, and the, the takeaway of all of this is if it makes you happy and you're not hurting yourself and not hurting anyone else, just, just do it. <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Yeah. I mean, if anyone has any comments about it or thoughts about their own collections or reflections about what it's been like being a millennial purchasing these toys and why you do it, um, definitely give us a shout out. I'd love to hear number one, what people are collecting or what people are purchasing yeah. and what it means to them. Yeah. What, what fandoms are you purchasing? What kinds of toys are you purchasing? Um, how much time are you spending on this? I'd be interested in hearing. Let us know in the mm -hmm. comment section, guys. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please comment, like, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Remember to be kind to yourselves this week.